Hey, this is Jack from Brook Royal, and you are listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues! another uh form here of recording so we apologize for the uh audio issues that made the last week or two when we've been not to- in person together so still working on our audio issues since google hangouts is officially uh closed uh closed up shop that is so, weak sauce. so we're working on that so but we do have some stuff to go over this week speaking of weak sauce the last the blues last two games haven't been great no they have not so uh early on started off great this week which is you know, fantastic. We're like really excited. The Blues beat the living bejesus out of the Hawks, which we'll talk about. Then mm-hmm. nationally televised game and kind of fall flat. And then uh, basically Canada, you know, the hockey night in Canada game and fall flat again, unfortunately. Correct. But, uh, and then also, it wouldn't be another week of podcast if we'd have to talk about another injured St. Louis Blues player. Also true. Yeah, so it's been a uh, it's been an interesting season for the Blues, and I've got some uh, stats on man games lost so far as well. So we're gonna get into uh, the games first, do our game recaps, then we're gonna talk about some news that came from the games, and then we got a little uh, this this week in Blues history, which is something I'm gonna start bringing up because it seems a uh, you know a lot of good stuff coming up. So we want to talk about this week. We got a fun story that uh, happened 22 years ago. Today, we're recording on December 8th, so we got 22 years ago, Chris was at it somewhere, and uh, something popped up on a timeline that reminded me of it, so I uh, wanted to bring that up. Somewhere I was, I was specifically told not to be. Yeah, so fun, uh, so we'll, we'll get into that later. So all that on today's show. So first off, let's get into this week's past game. So the Blues playing pretty well lately, and... That continues, and an interesting game comes up on the schedule on Monday. They get to play the – I was going to ask you this, too, before we get into it. The Blues play the Blackhawks. Is this a – do you think that it's still, like, a, a like a big rivalry anymore? Or is it kind of, in your opinion, it kind of lost its luster to other teams? No, it's – I mean, it's still a rivalry. It's, you know, the Blues and Blackhawks, I think, are two of those teams that, regardless of the record, um, we'll always play each other tough. Now, in years past, one team has usually been dynamically better than the other, and we've seen a shift into our favor the last couple of years. But I still think that, you know, much like in the 90s, um, when Detroit was the big rival, Chicago is still our biggest rival. Now, obviously, I would say when you're talking about the standings, you're looking at teams like, Colorado, Nashville, and, you know, and to a lesser degree, Dallas. I think Dallas is the new bubbling rivalry just because of the playoffs. But I, I don't think you'll ever live down a good Chicago-St. Louis matchup because it's not just about the teams. Those fans, and quite honestly, those cities just don't like each other. They just don't, regardless. And, and I think that it, it goes 
deeper than just Blues Blackhawks. You're talking Cardinals Cubs. Uh, back in the day, be it the football Cardinals and Bears or Rams and Bears, there's just a geographic rivalry between those two cities. Yeah, so it's been I, I kind of like thought it was an interesting kind of dynamic, where it's just like I understand. It kind of also flip flop compared to years in the past, like mm-hmm. when the Blues were okay or working their way back in the um, prominence. They, you know, I guess we viewed playing Chicago as like a big deal. Like we're going to beat the crap out of them because they're the top team in the NHL. We hate them because they're on NBC like 90 times a year, and we're yep. going to play them, beat the crap out of them. And then now it's like. Chow was up on a schedule, and it's like, oh yeah, like I, I more watch old highlights now to kind of rekindle that compared to thinking anything recent. I mean, outside of the Taves comments recent, where he basically said like, I'm not going to give them any credit because they basically were playing like crap, and then they had right. to, they had they had to come back, which I thought was like, okay, I I guess I get that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, they, they came back. You you wallowed and fell off the face of the earth and got the third overall pick. Like, you think you, about you didn't this. come back. The Chicago Blackhawks have not won a hockey game in the playoffs since that 2016 series against the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, which is crazy they, to think about. And they lost that series. So they haven't won a series since the last time they won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, so they have a, quite, a, quite a free fall. Oh, man. I mean, just look at these last four years. You've gone from you win the Cup in 2015 to you lose in seven games in the first round to St. Louis to the next year you get swept in the first round by Nashville, and then you've missed the playoffs the last two years. And not like just missed the playoffs, but like bottomed out. Yeah, to the point where it's almost you have to kind of like reboot it. But basically, their salary cap situation has caught up with them. Um, mm-hmm. As much as the Blues, like I know Blues fans, we talked about many times where they got to rally on Doug Armstrong for giving out maybe contracts that you know based on potential, you know Jake Allen or things you may have done in the past, the Alexander Steen contract. But uh, overall, you think about it, nothing that's really super hampered this team to the point where the guy has been so bad he's not he's useless like. A Brent Seabrook type of contract. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got that guy. They got the guy locked up for a while, and their goaltending, Corey Crawford, is only one more year of six mil, and he's been not great or had really bad, you know, uh, as they said, vertigo, I think was the big thing he said he had. And he hasn't right. played that much in the last couple of years. And then you have Taves and Kane, who Kane is playing very well this year. He had a very, we stopped his point streak this game. Uh, but Jonathan Taves has been okay. Uh, and that's those are two. Those almost twenty million dollars wrapped up in two guys right there. So almost a fourth of your cap is wrapped up in two guys right now. So just like how Toronto, I think, is going to eventually have problems down the line. Well, didn't uh, I read? Didn't I read or hear that their salary cap is so bad that they couldn't dress a full team for that money? That is correct. Year? That's correct. Due to uh, guys just having uh, having the flu. Uh, Duncan Keith had the flu, so they couldn't put him on IR or anything. So they could, they literally had only, when you, you base the salary cap, it, it's like on a prorated basis. So every game, like it's, you know, a player gets X amount of dollars based on their salary. 
so basically the average salary for an NHLer, so $700,000. So basically you break it down, it winds up being like $3,500 for somebody to get, for, for your base player to play a game. They didn't even have that much amount in Keller cap to call somebody up. That's that tells you, that tells you how much, how close they were on the cap. So they had to dress 17, yeah, they had to dress 17 guys. They had to dress one less forward this game just to, uh, have a team. So they rolled into this team with 17 players, uh, and it pretty much showed that way because, I mean, I don't know about you, but it seemed to me, it seemed like we'll go through this game the best we can, but I, to me, it was just like, the blue, the neither team was really trying. It, to me, like the Blues, like I guess we're trying. You could say, but man, this Chicago team it just seemed like no one cared. Like for even though they put up a ton of shots, I just did not see them as like even a threat most of this game. I agree. I 100 percent agree. Uh, yeah. So they had a total of 38 shots this game. Jake Allen gets the shutout. Played. I mean, he had to make some good saves. I'm not saying it wasn't like all like. But nothing. I, I honestly could not pick out a play on my notes here that like it's like oh my god that was like a really good scoring chance that he had to make an amazing save or something like. It was just you know a ho hum game. Uh, Patrick Kane had his t- his point streak stopped. The Blues continue their road dominance at eight zero and two in our last ten. They get goals from McEachern. Schwartz, Shen, and Bozak. Uh, the Bozak goal I think was the one where I'm like wow. This this Chicago team is awful. When he intercepted that Olimata pass, where he passed it to literally the open ice, and Bozak pretty much just walked into the shot and just slapped it hard as he could from just inside Chicago blue line and beat Corey Crawford. Yeah. So this team just not great <laughs> overall. Though I know Chris is a fan. They they were wearing their I guess I guess Winter Classic a couple you mean Winter Classic most Stadium Series whatever you want to call it, jerseys from a couple years ago. It was last year's Winter Classic. Okay, last year's Winter uh, Classic. Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't Notre Dame. I did them. I know that I'm in the minority, but I really like them. Yeah, I know because we were talking about that uh, amongst our little text group or whatever. But uh, Chicago just you know the Blues after this game are eighteen five and six. Chicago ten twelve and five. So Chicago looking like probably not going to be in the playoffs here and looking like they're going to be in for a, I don't know if you want to say rebuild or retool, whatever you want to say, but something. They're going to need something in the next couple of years to rebuild their, uh, you know, their base of young talent because they're pretty much running out of a talent that's not going to be in their mid-30s on big contracts. So the next game is nationally televised games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, basically, you're playing, you're picking the one of the best home teams in Pittsburgh against one of the best road teams in St. Louis. So St. Louis back on the road again. Uh, Jordan Bennington back in net didn't start out. Uh, this is our favorite line. So Blues hockey by sponsored by Blue by uh, Bud Light and the other team scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Go ahead. Barely had sat down with my with my drink when they scored. Yeah, yeah, because Chris had the privilege of uh, actually being in Pittsburgh for this game. I was. It was. Uh, it was the thing. 
I mean, you know, the, the game obviously from a Blues fan point of view wasn't all that great. But um, I got to tell you, man, that arena is really, really nice. The fans are cool. And uh, it's a great atmosphere to watch hockey. I would love to uh, uh, to go back there and hopefully someday see a Stanley Cup final game. Yeah, Pittsburgh, I think, still has a – they still have – don't have Crosby right now out with a core muscle injury. Uh, Malkin just came back and is playing pretty well. Uh, their goaltending has been – Matt Murray hasn't been great. The Blues member beat uh, Pittsburgh not even a, about a week ago uh, when they were at home. And Matt Murray, I thought, was okay, maybe okay to not great. Uh, so they had Tristan Jarian, and I think he played extremely well during this game. Let's see. I'm trying to look at the total shots of this game. So total shots of this game for the teams were Blues only had 28 to Pittsburgh's 33. Uh, I guess the concerning part for me, which maybe you can uh, – See how what your opinion was. The third period, the Blues only had four shots. When you're down two nothing, and you basically only generate four shots, that's really not that great. Yeah, I'll be honest. That game was by and large a snooze fest for me. The Blues, aside from a, a flash in the second period, and then obviously the goal that was called off, seemed wildly ineffective. Um. They just seemed slow and tired. Um, they got beat to a lot of loose putts. Their shot selection was vanilla at best. The power play was atrocious. Uh, offensively, again, aside from like a three-minute window in the second where they really – put some good pucks on net and, and, and almost scored, and then the goal that was scored and disallowed, the team didn't really do anything that I think was worthy of talking about, to be honest. Yeah, the second period, they had a huge push with a bunch of penalties. A couple, they had a, a couple power plays here, but nothing really, you know, didn't generate much. They had 14 shots, and I think that they kind of just – it seemed like that was like they shot – they basically shot their shot, and they're like, all right, well, we're not going to do anything this game, so we'll just get through the third period. And that's how it kind of seemed for – at least from my viewpoint, watching this game, they kind of just were just – I mean, as much as this team has went through, injury-wise, having a crazy road schedule, a crazy schedule in general lately, this game was almost in my head bound to happen that they're going to have a game where they just sleepwalk through it and then just like, they're just look tired and they're not going to be able to play well. And it's, it, it kind of happened during that home and home with Nashville where they kind of had the first kind of spurt happened where I thought that was like, all right, this is where the playing all the way into June is going to hurt. You know, cause you're basically bringing back the same team is going to hurt a little bit. Cause you're going to be a little tired, not much of an off season. And then you're going to have, um, a couple of low points, and I thought that was a low point, but there's only two games. I mean, you had a game where you got rocked by Nashville, then you lost in overtime after you fought back, then you went on a run. And then here you kind of just didn't play well at all. So, Agreed. So that was going to happen. So goals by uh, Bluger, uh, Stefan Nosen, and Alex Galchenyuk for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins here. So Blues come back home finally. And really a quick game here against Toronto. Um, just not a good game. I was uh, not really 
able to watch most of this one due to being at a Christmas party. I know Toronto is just one of those teams where they just fire the coach. We talked about that last week, firing Mac Babcock. Uh, you know, Sheldon O'Keefe, or Sheldon Keefe gets, uh, the call to be from the AHL to be the coach and signs a new deal. Uh, Maple Leafs only 13, 13 and four coming to this game and just put, I mean, it just showed like the speed that they have. And this is why I always thought it would hurt the Blues, you know, and they always like proved me wrong that whole playoff run where I'm like, eventually these fast, new, fast teams are eventually going to show that you can't be a heavy grinding down team like the Kings were in the past. But, uh, just didn't work out for the Blues this game. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, Zach Hyman started the game off with a goal about three minutes in. But Ivan Barbashev comes back, who had probably what, uh, from what I, saw, I heard, at least on the radio, listened to it on the way to this thing, Ivan Barbashev had at least a handful of chances the first two periods to score goals. Probably could have had a hat trick, and he got robbed of quite a bit by Frederick Anderson, who had a pretty good first period to keep them in it because it sounds like the Blues had a good push to start this game and kept them in it and then the floodgates opened unfortunately yeah you know it was one of those things where and I joked about it a couple times in the stands um, you know anytime the Blues would have a push you could hear the people go oh here they come the Blues here come the Blues and I go, don't worry, it just means that you're going to score here in a minute, and then they would. Um, it's, you know, this game honestly could have been a lot worse than it was, and Bennington didn't have a great game, but he did yeah. make some really, really stellar saves and kept the team in it. I, I don't want to fault Jordan Bennington for this game because the offense did nothing to support him. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, the uh, yeah the first unfortunately the first three out of five shots went in, which is not a good save percentage for Jordan Bennington. No. He rebounded uh, later in the period and had a couple of good saves. Uh, he let a late power play a power play go on by Jason Spezza. Uh, so Zach Hyman got two in the first, one off a really really bad giveaway by uh, Vince Dunn on the uh, when the Blues on the power play. Once again, we talked about this last week and week before. The amount of shorthanded breakaways have been ridiculous on oh, the uh, power play. And then this was, this was a 2-1-0 with uh, Ingball and uh, Hyman. And it was just easy, easy bang-bang play for Hyman to make it 3 nothing after Austin Matthews had a uh, goal. So the Blues, after one, are down 4-1. to one. And then uh, kind of a – and then Jake Allen is in starting the second period. Which I kind of figured not surprising. just to like spark the team. Nothing really. Uh, is this power play goal was really weird. The Blues were doing really well, I thought, to start the period, and then this power play happened where they pretty much were shutting it down, and then they stopped. It looked like they stopped entrance, and then the puck like pinged off one or two different players, and it literally goes right to Austin Matthews in the air, who bangs it just past Jake Allen. And it kind of sucks because I thought Allen was doing pretty well to start this game, and and uh, so were the Blues, and and this just made this not to nail in the coffin because I thought that was pretty much the Spezza goal, but I mean this just kind of you know added to it, and the Blues finally got to their game in the third I think, but that was more after uh, you know Toronto kind of laid back. Perron got a goal here, uh, Trangelo O'Reilly, 
What do you think about what happened right after this goal? There's two plays I want to talk about. Okay. One, uh, the coach, uh, Sheldon Keith, called a timeout right after the prong goal, only 18 minutes, with the 18 minutes left in the third. Uh, like, mind you, Perron's goal made a 5-2 to two game, and the Blues are making a push. Do you think it was, you know, a good call by him to maybe stop, like, hey, we're going to, I want to stop this push and get his team, like, hey, we still have to focus and shut and lock this game down? Or do you think it was a dick move that, like, hey, man, he just made it 5-2. Obviously, the Blues have played, like, crap this game. Like, you don't need to rally the troops at a 5-2 to two game. Well, Which one do you, or do you see it as a kind of in the middle or what do you see that? What do you see that play as right there? And I'll let you know what I thought. Being that Toronto has had their fair share of difficulties this year, you know, that is a team that has for the most part underperformed as well. Um, I can't say that I completely fault the coach for calling the timeout. He obviously saw something, um, in his team that uh, concerned him, you know, you you have a comfortable lead, but again, you're on the road playing the defending Stanley Cup champs, and there's still almost a full period of hockey left. Um, I think that if I wasn't a Blues fan, it wouldn't bother me at all. Obviously, being a Blues fan and knowing that my team's playing like dog shit. It doesn't matter. We're going to lose this game. I was kind of a, it was a bit of an FU moment, but I, I do understand why he did it. And I think if I was the coach of Toronto and I had watched my team blow leads all year, cough up games, things like that, I may have done the same thing. Yeah, I was, uh, first saw it, I was like, dick move. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I guess that's no, I get it. That's where my mentality goes with a lot of things. Like, you know, we've, uh, actually, when, you know, we talked about it getting, uh, for our floor hockey, you know, careers that we played or any kind of thing when you're getting blown out and then something like that happens, you're like, bro, you're destroying us and you're up by how many? Like, you don't need to worry about getting a hat trick. You know, or we, we ran into that problem. Or this one just felt very much like, hey man, like, you're up by the two. I get it. There's 18 minutes left, but. Crazy, you know, obviously the Blues have come back from a crazy deficit before against Toronto, you know, back in the, back in the early 2000s when the Blues came back sure. from a five goal deficit in less than 10 minutes. So obviously that could happen. Will it happen again? I just didn't never saw that happening. I saw this very much as like, you know, he's like trying to send a message, but did you really need to do that? I don't think so. Um, and then I saw afterwards, Troy Brower goes after, uh, Dur- uh, I think it's Travis Dermont, Dermont. Uh, and just starts basically just starts punching him in the head, I just to kind of like so, game. yeah. So this is like late in third. Uh, Brower and uh, Dermont is, you know, you know, battling behind the net, and then it just turns into, uh, you know, take it back. It's actually a minute after this. I was mixed up with that. So about a minute after this timeout, Brower fights Travis uh, Dermont. So I don't know if this was very much like they had a little like exchange behind the net, but. Brower's not the one that drop his gloves, you know. So I know he's trying to make yeah. sure he earns a spot, you know, because I know in some as we're going to talk about, some guys are working their way back from injury, and he might be one of the first guys to get sat or possibly get sent down. Yeah. But uh, or, or not, or not, yeah, which we'll talk about. But um, 
I just very much thought this was a. I saw the uh, Steve Dangle, who's you know does uh, some uh, press, you know, does some media stuff up in uh, Canada for I think Sportsnet, I think, and uh, he pretty much said Brar was trash for doing this. I was just well, like, hey, you, you're if your coach calls a timeout to spark the team and stuff, well, this is how we're going to spark our team. That's how the way I looked at it. Like, I, yeah, you can 100% yeah, you can 100% say Brower's thing is a dick move because, oh, you're down by three. Why do you need to try and start a fight and try to hurt somebody or whatever? But my, I guess my my thing is, like, your guy called timeout when you're up by three you three goals and you've been pretty much dominating the play since the first period. So there's no point for you to sit there and rally the troops with, when you're only down by three. So I was pretty well, much just I, like, uh, okay, it, ha- it happens, in my opinion. I don't think that you're wrong. I, I think that, you know, Teams find different ways to to rally the troops, and I mean, dude, how many years did we watch Ryan Reeves go out in pivotal moments and start a fight just to get the crowd back into the game? You know, and, and I'm sure that was what Troy Brower's intent was was to, you know, try to get the crowd uh, excited and cheering and make noise and make it a volatile environment because it was a pretty piss poor effort aside from that from the home team. And, you know, I have friends who were at that game and said that for most of the game, you could hear a pin drop in the arena. Yeah. So not great. Uh, not a great game for the Blues. So looking at the rebound, I think. So they play a uh, team from Buffalo. What's their name? Why do you say the last one? The Buffalo? Uh, the Sabres. Uh, that's it. Buffalo Sabres. That's it. And uh, then Thursday at home uh, against the Golden Knights. And then mm-hmm. – Still at home, believe it or not, two games in a row at home. It's kind of hard to believe, considering the schedule lately. And the Blues have welcomed uh, the Chicago Blackhawks to town this week. So, some important games, very winnable games this week. The Sabres, not great, 13-11. and uh, The Cold Knights have kind of struggled this year at 15-11-5. And we talked about Chicago, who has won two since they uh, lost against the Blues. So, maybe they're kind of waking up. At, they're at 500 at 12-12-5 as of right now. The Blues yeah, they beat. yeah, not great teams. For the Blues, uh, 18-7-6 as of right now. So not a great week, 1-2 one, uh, one and two this week. Hopefully they can rebound, uh, get into the holidays, finishing uh, strong. Uh, we talked about the All-Star game coming up, so make sure I, the, the voting wraps up on in, Dece- in December, December 20th, to get the captains of all the conferences in. Uh, so that will be interesting to see who one of the Blues possibly sneak in there, considering how well they've played in uh, the last couple of years, especially winning the Cup. Um, so next thing is Blues news this week. So it wouldn't be another week without an injury, in which we said before. And uh, this week's injury goes to Zach Sanford with upper body injury against the Toronto game. Left in the second period, did not return, uh, did not skate uh, this morning. Uh, but Austin Poganski, who was up, believe it or not, he did not, he was one of the Blues who did not play so far, got sent down. So he got up for a cup of coffee, didn't get to play a game, at least got a little bit of, uh, you know, a little better pay for about a week. So he's back down, which leads to me to bring up that Oscar Sunquist and Alexander Steen have been skating for uh, about five days now on their own, mm-hmm. not with the team. So I got a feeling there will be a, close. You know, Rube said they're coming on the trip, but they probably won't play. And he said they're going to have to call somebody up. So um, 
which were, who do you think it was going to be the call up? They says they need a spark. So I know the obvious answer and I'm sure you're going to say it. So who do you think they're going to call up? Well, being that San Antonio's got their own uh, injuries, I think you're looking at Jordan Cairo. Who has uh, posted his first uh, professional uh, hat trick this week uh, during a day game this week, had, a, had three goals and scored the very first goal last night. So four goals in two games is not too shabby. So I got a feeling if they're going to call somebody up to quote-unquote spark the team, I think Jordan Cairo would be a very good person to call up. I do not disagree with that. So I would see him possibly getting called up. If you Sunquist and Steen are coming back, then uh, you'll probably send, uh, I'm guessing, Nathan Walker will get sent down because uh, he's getting very close to the 10-30 rule uh, for his contract. So if he plays either 10 games or is up for 30 days straight, he ha- he's re- he'll have waivers. He'll have to require to pass through waivers to get sent back down. Oh, yeah, and he's going back down. Yeah, he'll go back down, but the question is, I think as well as he's played pretty decent so far, I think he is very much be a guy they don't want to lose. That they might send him, they might send him down earlier than you would think, just because they want to hold on to him the rest of the year. And if he plays the if he plays the way he's played, I think that's something to lose in the offseason, kind of like they did with Mackenzie McEachern last year. Called up, made a really good impression with the coaches and all the rest of the team was awarded a one-way contract for the next year. I really yeah. think if Walker continues that over the next uh, whatever opportunities he gets, especially down the, if he does well in the AHL, if he keeps doing well up here, you might see him <clears throat> at least get a contract extension, definitely a two-way, but you never know. They could throw him a one-way as being the extra guy along with uh, McEachern. I think that would be an awful, honestly, idea because obviously Walker has moved all over the uh, – lineup and has done pretty decent on whatever line he's been in. Uh, I don't disagree with any of that. And I, I think that, um, you know, I think the key with a, a person, you know, like Walker is you have to protect him. You just have to. And, um, you know, right now the Blues are in a situation, like you said, where if they're not going to hold on to him for the full year, and you you got to think that he's not going to play the full year this year, um, they're going to have to make a move. And they're going to have to get him down before that clause in his contract kicks in. Yeah, so I would hope that they would, uh, excuse me, pull that off sooner than later, but I just don't know if uh, they'll be able to, you know, they're going to they're gonna have to because he's played so well. I mean, it'd be dumb not to, but... Who knows? Um, I was talking about total uh, man games lost so far. The Blues, uh, according to this chart, are like on the very much the high end, but they but they're so successful. It's almost they're up there with like Boston has lost quite a bit at man games as well. They're right. they're only in the like they're on the fifty on the scoring this chart in about the fifty range. So they're not and even in a top ten of man games lost, which is kind of surprising as hell to me. The top five, according to this, as of uh, the twenty uh, November twenty eighth, so it was a while ago, says Detroit, Pittsburgh, Winno- Winnipeg, and Buffalo, and then Edmonton. I think the Blues, since they've had quite a bit of injuries, so I'm pretty sure that they'll catch up to all those teams really quickly. I agree. Yeah. So uh, this week in Blues history, which uh, is this something I think we're going to start doing every week? So I think it's very much uh, 
fun thing to look back and to see the history of this club from early inceptions of the 60s, 70s, and then me and Chris's fandom in the nine, uh, late 80s, early 90s, and into the, two th- the dark years of the 2000s, and, and then obviously into the pinnacle of what last season turned into. So, December 8th, 1997. A very, a game that Blues fans look forward to since the man got announced as being a coach of another team. So, 1997. I'm I'm trying to set this up right so we can show see exactly what happens. So, Blues get to play the Vancouver Canucks, and it's not a player that they're really looking forward to seeing. It actually is the coach of that team. So, the coach of the team is Mike Keenan, who the Blues fired. Uh, the year before, as he was GM and coach. The Blues finally pulled the trigger and got rid of him after he ran guys out of town. Uh, what else did he do? You know, basically destroyed the team, bringing in a bunch of veterans and other guys to, you know, populate his team and pretty much decimate his team for a long time. So yeah. the, reason, the reason I bring this up is uh, one of the really awesome Twitter accounts is St. Louis Blues History. Uh, it's a really great uh, resource for Blues fans. I very much you follow them and do whatever you can to uh, follow them because it's just an awesome thing to look back on. So the reason I saw this, and Chris will get into the story. So why, so why did I get to bring this story up, Chris? You can go ahead and tell me why. All right. Well, I uh, I was in college. I was a junior in college this year, uh, during this season, and I went to school at the time uh, at a school called Central Methodist, which is about 20 minutes northwest of Columbia, Missouri. And um, I was known by my parents from time to time to sneak into town and go to Blues games. So, obviously, this late in the calendar year, it's the week before finals. And, um, you know, we knew uh, long before this game that Keenan was was coming in because he was the coach of Vancouver. And my mom and dad called me on uh, the night before the game, and they go, um, do not come in town for this game. No, Mom, no, Dad, I'm not, not going to do it. You know, finals the next week. i got to study. i got to study. Uh, I'm not coming in. And um, But I had already had plans because a friend of mine whose dad was a bigwig at some company had said, hey, I've got tickets for you and a couple of friends if you want to come in. So my buddy said, hey, if you want to drive, we can go to the game. And I was like, well, hell yeah, we're going. What I didn't realize was that these tickets we had were front row behind the opposition's bench. So we get to the game, and uh, and it's worth noting that not only did we go to the game, we decided to make a whole day of it, and we all skipped all of our classes that day. Got up in the morning, went to breakfast, drove into St. Louis, spent the day in St. Louis, drove back that night. And um, 
So we uh, we watched the game. We're not thinking much of it. Uh, the point in St. Louis made a uh, little hand signs that I'm sure you've seen that has Mike Keenan's face with a circle and a line through it. Everybody had those. Um, what I was unaware of was that my parents were watching that game because it was a national game. As well as my parents, my grandfather in Arizona was watching the game. And so they saw me on TV, but this is before the days of cell phones, so they couldn't call me and go, where are you? So I wake up the next morning, and there is an Associated Press photo that not only ran on the front page of the Post-Dispatch that day, but also ran across the country in sports pages, perfectly centered of me standing behind Mike Keenan with my sign right behind his head as he's waving to the crowd. All of my professors cut that picture out, sent it to my uh, dorm room mailbox with a note that says, sorry to hear you were sick yesterday. Hope you're feeling better. See you next week for finals. Yeah, uh, the reason I brought it up because if you uh, if you follow the SEO Blues history Twitter account and they show the Channel 11 video, which was I forgot Rob Ramage was the like on the like ice guy. He's awful, and he it was not great. I completely forgot about that. I didn't I yeah. didn't remember he was even that guy. So the reason I brought it up because I you know I tagged Chris in the video and called him. They're showing the Keenan video, and I remember Chris like, yeah, I remember Chris saying he's behind it. Like, he was in a picture. And lo and behold, they're showing Keenan waving, smiling, and doing his thing. Like, the crowd's booing him, giving the business. They change the camera angle, and there's Chris at the sign, cheering, hanging, and pointing at Keenan as soon as they yeah, change the yeah. camera angle. And who were you with? Your buddy was wearing a, like a Coyotes jersey. Uh, my buddy was wearing a Red Wings. No, uh, he was wearing a Coyotes jersey because that's my buddy Bryce. Who at the time oh, it was Bryce? Was a, I, could, I didn't even recognize yeah, it, it was Bryce, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 Bryce was one of my friends, and he was wearing a Coyotes jersey. Why, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then my the other guy was our friend EJ, uh, who um, was the guy who actually had the tickets. And fun fact, EJ was one of those guys who, like, you would hang out with from time to time, but you had to take him in small doses. And EJ was not a small person. He was a little round. And um, we made EJ ride in the hatchback of my Dodge Daytona to St. Louis from Fayette, Missouri, and back about two hours each way. Pulled up in a ball in the back of a hatch because there's really no back seat in the back of the car. Although, to be honest, we could have made Skinny Bryce lay in the back seat and everything would have been fine. But instead we decided to make EJ lay in the in the trunk of the car. Oh, that's fun. So very uh you know <laughs> it's a good story. I saw that and I thought it was worth uh, talking about. And and we're also coming up on the six our blues six month anniversary of winning the Stanley Cup. Only four days away now. This week. This week. So uh crazy six months has been since that day. So you I wanted to bring that go ahead. Speaking of the Blues winning the Cup and this season, um, you know, this was obviously not the best week for the Blues. And obviously, you know, we're going to get into the man games lost. But this team 
as of the day that we're recording, has not had a cup hangover. I mean, this is a team that, as of right now, I'm, lo- I'm looking at NHL.com standings, sits first in the West and third overall behind only Washington and Boston in the entire league. Um, the Blues are a really good team. And despite all of the names that are injured, continue to win games at a fairly good clip. So, you know, unlike last season, where this time last year we were ready to start the lose for Hughes, you know, I could say right now that this team's only going to get stronger as people come back. And, you know, you saw Darren Pang talk about it on NHL Network this week and you know, ESPN did an article about it, as did The Athletic. A lot of people right now are saying that the road to the Stanley Cup Finals in the West is going to run through St. Louis. Yeah, even Darren Pang was on uh, NHL Network during and between these games since they were national games, so he was able to do uh, not have to do the Fox Sports Midwest call. And he had a thing with uh, Mike Rupp, and it was like, you know, take it or leave it or whatever and it was like the you know your favorite to win the Stanley Cup or whatever it was and he's like in the early part of the season I was picking uh I think he's almost like Boston but I could 100% be wrong and then he's like you know what the Blues have changed their mind this year there's no hangover they play you know play strong uh team game Jordan Bennington is showing he wasn't a fluke uh the scoring has been there the power play is clicking the everything is you know top you know Power play and penalty kill are both in the top ten. You all around, there's no holes right now in this team. The only thing that might get them is all these injuries. But once everybody's healed, you're gonna have Tarasenko back. You're gonna have these guys back, and you'll be ready to go going to the playoffs. And even Mike yeah. Rupp for the first, and it was like a minute each they had. Even Mike Rupp even agreed with them for thirty seconds of his uh, uh, time, and then he finally was like, "Oh well, Washington." No, it was Washington who uh, Pang picked. And then he even said, oh, yeah, I think Boston, Washington still, they're going to beat the Blues probably. And that was like, that's all he said. And it was just like, but he pretty much agreed with Pang on how good the Blues are doing. And the Blues are, you know, not even in the top, they're only in the, they're just barely squeaking into the top ten of games uh, on, excuse me, man games lost so far, according to uh, Hockey Reference. So, wow. so. Oh, I mean, that's as of uh, tonight, but because there's a lot of teams like Detroit is having guys, they're injury riddled, and so is a couple of like Boston's been, uh, so is uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, they they lost Crosby, they lost Malkin, they lost Latang, they've lost a lot of big guys too. So uh, every team goes through it this time of year. It's just a matter of how you respond. You either fall off the face of the map or you just keep going along. And the Blues, like we talked about last time, they've been doing the, the next man up mentality. Has worked really well. No matter who they've called up, has thrived. Nathan Walker's been really good. Uh, you know, Ivan Barbashev, I think, is for having to be in a guy who's on the fourth line. He's been filling in on that second line pretty well so far, along with David Perron and uh, Ryan O'Reilly. So there's those guys that invaluable for your penalty kill in your fourth line in the playoffs, getting pushed up the lineup and playing pretty well. And I think Sanford even, I think, didn't really have the best start to the season. But once all these injuries happened, I think they came to him, they, you know, something clicked and he was playing pretty well until his injury happened in Toronto, I think. So hopefully you get Sunquist and Steen back soon. Maybe the Sanford injury is not that long. Obviously, Tarasenko's gone until March. Uh, the lingering 
will they, will they, with, with Taylor Hall has been out there. Apparently there was an article dumped by James Myrtle this week about Toronto possibly wanting to get Alexander Petrangelo and maybe yep. making, making the Blues an offer or signing him in the offseason. I think the Blues will still lock him up somehow, some way. Crazier things have happened. The Blues have gotten rid of their captain in the past and they wanted too much money and they thought they were getting too old. We've seen that happen for a couple of years ago. So it happened, worked out last time. I don't know if it'll work out this time. I think that you're looking at two different types of players. I'm talking about David Backus and Alexander Petrangelo. I think Petrangelo, Petrangelo is elite. I don't think as good as David Backus was, I don't think he was never considered an elite player. Maybe a good to very good player in his prime. But I would now, agree with that. But now he's more of a role player guy. And I think Petrangelo, was, in my opinion, has always been at that very good to elite level. And I think last year he finally got to the elite level in the playoffs. And I think this year he started off very well in a contract year, which always seems to happen when guys want a new contract. So not, it's not only Alexander Petrangelo. I mean, how many guys have we seen in any sport you can name have a dynamite year and then fall off the face of the earth once they get the huge contract. So mm-hmm. hopefully I, I, I think we're, <laughs> so I think uh, Petrangelo is a little different, I think. I think Petrangelo, his game is uh, one where I don't see him getting worn down, a la David Backus. I think well, uh, Petrangelo, I think we, we, we talked about it last time. The difference with our defensemen is the fact that, you know, we're so we're so strong at defense that we don't need one or two guys to carry the load. We can evenly distribute yeah, and then you have guys taking up a lot of the time. Like I think um, Colton Preco has become – he's made another step in his game where he's playing very good defensively and a very good shutdown defenseman now that has a bit of that offensive uh, flair. And I think that offensive will develop over time that he'll start to get better and better and better as the time – as the years roll along. And you'll be able to get those, start piling up those points once he kind of starts to get, you know, a feel of, you know, he's been in the league for a handful of years now, maybe, but I think Petrangelo really didn't take it to another level until the last couple of years. And he's been around for quite some time. So I think that's going to happen with the uh, Pareko too. So interesting times for the Blues. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen trade wise. That's still quite a ways off, but it's always fun to talk about that stuff when you see, your team pop up in the rumor mill. So injuries aside, this week was kind of crappy. You got the Sabres coming, uh, excuse me, Sabres early on this week. Golden Knights have been okay. I think you got, that'll be a fun game. And then you got a rematch with Chicago who hope maybe that'll be a, the old school rivalry type game on Saturday, on a Saturday night against Chicago. Let's hope. We can hope because boy, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was fun to watch for us, but it was, uh, it was a, uh... Out of hand game, that's for sure. Yep. So if you'd like to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Uh, Chris is at? At Hossapalooza. And then also, if you get a hold of us, you want to hold us on Facebook or Instagram, it's just look up Blues Hockey Podcast. And also on our website is blueshockeypodcast.net or .com. Uh, if you'd like to uh, listen to us, we have many different places you can do that, including the website that I just said. It'd be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and like I said, our website, blueshockeypodcast.net. 
Also keep an uh, eye out for us on uh, for Arch City Media, who we're a part of now. So keep an eye out for some content there. Uh, I would say thanks to everyone who has been sharing and uh, uh, liking and watching the video that my uh, friend uh, Tommy made for me that I had an idea. I talked to Chris about it early on this week because we were self-admitted uh, Star Wars uh, nerds. So we were t- watching the new Mandalorian show, and I I think Chris sent me the original one where I got the idea where Yoda was hitting buttons, or the baby Yoda was hitting the buttons. <sighs> and was it the Little it's John one? the new meme, for sure. Correct. Was it the Little John one you sent me? Or was it the... I sent uh, you Little John, and I sent you Rick Affleck. Correct. The other one I saw, which, uh, if you watch ours, please watch ours. It's on uh, Facebook and also on our YouTube channel as well. I just posted it there. Um, the, my favorite one I suggest everybody look up is um, the System of a Down one. I laugh so hard. The System of Down, the System of Down, and the Disturbed Stupefy one cracked me up so bad. I almost fell over laughing. So I had the idea for ours and it worked out great. Maybe Yoda using Play Gloria. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. So I really appreciate uh, my friend Tommy for putting that together. And thank you for everybody once again for sharing that and uh, making that video blow up for us and give us a little more uh, visibility among Blues fans. So I really appreciate that. So uh, Chris will probably, I'm honestly thinking we will not hear from Chris till after the holidays. Probably if not. Because Chris is out of town uh for the uh Chris is gonna be worldwide traveling after uh, this week. He is going many a different places. Uh, indeed I am. Across the sea and back. Yeah, so Chris is gonna be all over the world and back again. So uh so as Chris will say, Chris will have a you know probably maybe close to the holiday. We'll see how things work out. Around the holidays it gets a little sketchy for us trying to figure out times to do this. So we're gonna do our best. Yeah. Next week we have a special guest filling in. So that'll be fun. So that'll be awesome. So uh, I'll reveal that later this week. And also we will have a giveaway that I'm going to post this week for our Christmas giveaway. So uh, look for that on our Facebook page. So go ahead. Yep. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we're going to talk to you guys next week.